Today we're reading in Acts chapter 7, and this is another one of those just really uh, big stories, one one of those big parts of, the, of Luke's Acts stories. And uh, it's a fantastic scene where Paul places himself in the center of a philosophical debate with some of these local philosophers there in Athens. And these these philosophers, one thing I'm I notice is that they're different from the religious leaders. You know, the religious leaders we see over and over and over again are really just preoccupied with protecting their their power, with pr- protecting their ability to lord over the locals um, with their pa- with the power they derive from their religious practices and beliefs. But these philosophers were really truth seekers. They were really looking to grow and to learn, and that's that's important. That's a great example to us. Um, that that we should maintain an open mind, even as believers, even as we're pursuing an understanding of God more, um, to maintain a curiosity and an openness to truth. We should not run from truth. We should be a religion of truth, um, always looking for truth, because it seems like truth always points back to the same place, and that's God. Uh, but but what we see here. Is is these religious leaders um, hear Paul is out teaching and, and saying things that that seem different to them, and so they 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 notice that Paul's actually placed himself in in the same environment with them, and they figure out that that this is the guy who is out teaching things. Hey, would you te- would you tell us what you're telling everybody? And so Paul stands up, and in verse 22 it says, "So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in.'" Every way you are very religious. He's, he's just telling them, you know, I, I see that you're looking for answers. You're looking for truth. For I, as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it being Lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. And Paul goes on. But but the thing that has always stood out to me is they had a an altar to an unknown God. And this sounds a lot like the prayer that I prayed before I became a Christian, that if you're not a Christian, that you've probably prayed at some point. And it goes something like this, God, if you're out there, if you're real, I hope you can hear this. And then we say our prayer. And we do this in moments of struggle. We do this in moments of need. Before we become a Christian, and and even even people who've never become a Christian that get on their deathbed, they'll lob up prayers like this. Um, and these philosophers were just like this. They're just like us, just like me, just like you. They want to know that there's a purpose to our pain in this world. They want to know that there's a purpose to um, our you know their lives. That they want to know that, just like we want to know that. Um, and so they had this inscription because they figured, you know, if, if a God shows up one day and they figure out, Oh, this is the God, this is the God that put the world in place and drew order out of the world. And he showed up and we didn't have his name on an altar. So they had one that, and so they could say, Oop, there you go. See God, we, we, we knew all along, uh, there, there's yours right there. Uh, that's your spot right there. Uh, we just didn't know what to call you. Um, and, and it's kind of funny I, in a way, um, but there's a little bit of that in, in all of us. We, we all want that, um, 
we all want that purpose in, in some way, shape, or form in our lives. And so I love this because it reminds me as a Christian that, um, that uh, w- when we look at what the way Paul's interacting with these people, um, he's leveraging his influence. He's leveraging his skills for God's, uh, for God's will. He, he's leveraging his evangelical talent for God's benefit. Now, clearly Paul has an evangelical talent that none of us are ever really going to have, but it, it really stresses to me that all of us in our tool belt should have a few, um, a few tools in terms of even evangel- uh, evangelism. Um, and, and this is one of those tools just to be able to speak, um, a little bit into philosophy, a little bit into, um, religion, a little bit into history, um, and and we can clearly see here how Paul shows up and uses his talent and uses his ability to reason with people. And you notice what he does, which is what he's done every single time. When he confronts the religious leaders, he does this. When he confronts the philosophers, he does this. And later when he confronts people in the midst of sin, he does the same thing. And he always brings them back to the resurrection. There's a pivot at the end of this at the end of this time with these leaders where he just pivots away from the philosophy and it's not here's what I believe it's here's what has happened and I think that's that's the part that's such a great example to us to always come back to the resurrection